Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we have a few news items to get into today. The Knicks win their final summer league game 104 to 85 over the Atlanta Hawks, including a Knicks draft Twitter favorite. And Gavin, there was also some official press conferences and announcements today to go with all that. Yeah, Alex, extremely exciting. The Knicks uh, introduced their new backcourt of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier today. Uh, Kemba talking about how excited he is to be a Nick. Tibbs throwing in some jokes about his minutes. Evan Fournier throwing out on Twitter that he's down to appear on a Knicks podcast. Maybe it'll be this one. All that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team Every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he makes it. Anthony for three. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, play-by-play man, getting back into the, the swing of things with some high school football coming up and all that. And we are talking about the Knicks Summer League win to finish off their Summer League slate here. Uh, Gavin, it was a 104-85 win over the Summer Atlanta Hawks, which... While it, it won't feel quite as good as the uh, announced game between the Knicks and Hawks on Christmas, if the Knicks could win that game in this upcoming season, it still feels pretty good uh, to beat up on the Summer Hawks, even if they're without Jalen Johnson, who's eh, probably their best player. Um, but we got to see Deuce McBride put the clamps on Sharif Cooper. Uh, We got to see McBride have yet another fantastic shooting game along with Quentin Grimes. Uh, They both, I think, were the MVPs of this final game. Quickly and Toppin struggled a little bit. Uh, Jericho Sims definitely made an impact but did not score as many points, uh, even if he had easily the coolest uh, oop of his whole summer league where he got, like, his whole head above the rim. Uh, But what was – I – I guess all that is to say, where do you want to start with this game? I, I thought it was a pretty satisfying end to the summer league slate. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to throw it to, to Quentin Grimes. I mean, shutting me up. Second straight great game, 26 points in 28 minutes, 6 of 12 from 3, 6 boards, 3 assists. Um, to me, the best thing he did was I, I was kind of clamoring in the early game saying, like, look, this guy was a five-star uh, point guard coming out of high school. Why aren't we seeing that ability from him? In, in any capacity, like he looked like someone who spent his whole life running off screens, shooting threes and not really doing much of anything else offensively. And then as, as these games have come along, as he's gotten a bigger and bigger role on the ball and built up his confidence, 
we're, we're seeing that comfort level, and I, I think we're finally seeing the full extent of his skill set and, and why the Knicks were so enamored with him after the workout they had and, and why they were, were comfortable trading back twice to, to end up with him at 25. I mean, it was, it was obviously it was the two threes right at the beginning of the game that got him off to that great start where he had, he had the and one where Sharif Cooper bumped him from behind, missed the free throw. Uh, I think it was Sims who got the rebound, and Grimes ends up with a six-point possession right off the bat. But, but then again, it was it was the operating in the pick and roll. Probably my favorite play from him in all of Summer League so far was he called up, this was I think like mid-second quarter, he calls up Jericho Sims for a screen. And I think it, it was just to get Sims away from the rim, out of the lane. He rejects the screen, speeds into the left side, draws Obi's man, little dump off pass to Obi for a dunk. And, and just the manipulation there to say, all right, I, I need this to open up so I can get that for Obi. Uh, Sharif has, has been probably like learned this entire summer league. All right, I gotta, I gotta jump over this screen to cover Grimes and ensure that he can't shoot the three around it by going the other way when you're a three pointer and reject when you're a three point shooter rejecting the screen. That's such a powerful tool in your arsenal because it puts the defender in such a bind because all their momentum is leaning the other direction, trying to fight over that screen. Then all of a sudden you have to chase this dude going the exact opposite direction. So that was really good. He had another pretty nice pass to Jericho on, on a on a kind of a soft pick and roll um, where he tried to throw it over the top. The pass wasn't super accurate, but uh, this is something Ariel Pacheco pointed out on Twitter, and I really agreed with it. It's just good that he's seeing that and he and he's trying to throw it. Um, and then had another really nice one where he he had a, a pretty little like lefty hezzy, got all the way to the basket. Um, another jump off for a pick and roll layup. And um, and a couple more threes, obviously mixed in. So I, I thought we got to see the full extent of his arsenal. Plus, he replicated the the same move he had last game with a little step back uh, lefty elbow shot that seems to be one of his favorite spots on the court. Um, I got some pushback on Twitter saying that he's not necessarily going to be a mid range guy in in the NBA. I'll, I'll, I'll rectify that take and say if, if he can. My, my concern is more so um, about him like working someone in, in kind of like a high post situation and being able to turn around a shot without getting a lot of separation but he does seem to generate a decent amount of separation on those step backs so I'm, I'm definitely curious to see if that's a move he can pull off in the NBA but I, I don't know Alex I've left these last few games just feeling a whole lot better about Grimes yeah I have too and I, that was interesting you said that he came out of high school being classified as a point guard yeah he was a point guard that, that's what it, that's what it was when he uh, committed to Kansas that's interesting. I never knew that about him, to be honest. I, I didn't know that that was like his official position because I agree. I think that he looks more like more like a wing that you know can do a little bit with the ball. But that actually makes me that kind of changes my valuation of him a little bit. Um, I, I guess in the sense that like maybe there is more there that if he keeps getting pushed to kind of you know unleash it here that we might see even more of the ball handling from him and the ability to generate offense for others and that sort of thing. Um, there was just so many, so many good possessions from him in this game. I think, you know, I, I think that that personal nine Oh run to start the game obviously is, was amazing. Um, the, uh, just the, the variety of shots that he took during that too, was a little uh, eye opening where first he, he shoots one from way behind the arc, probably like a solid three, four feet behind the top of the arc, which is kind of surprising, honestly, because like he was 
it seemed like he was struggling even just from the edge of the three-point line to to get the proper distance on his shots as soon as you know the first second game of summer league uh and now at the end is it seems to have found the range enough that he can step all the way back to you know three four feet behind the line and just can a three like that is pretty impressive then the second one obviously he gets the the and one and you know works the contact there a little bit it was kind of quickly esque uh but got it off i think cleaner than than quickly did on a lot of his three attempts like that like it was less a chuck and more of a a shot where he just absorbed some contact and was able to, you know, smartly lean his way in and still get off a clean shot, which I think has to do a lot with his release. And then the third one off the offensive rebound, it, he took just this awesome, like uh, it was a move that we saw quickly bust out earlier in the summer league. And now we just saw him bust out as well, where it was almost like the Harden esque double step back where he sort of took the the one shuffle and then the second one to make sure that he got behind the three-point line and just opened up for another three from there. So, yeah, I, I've loved everything I've seen from him in these last couple games. And I think, you know, I, I, I was also watching, in particular, his mid-range attempts in this game, too, after we were talking about that in the last show. I wanted to kind of keep an eye on, like, see how he does on pull-ups. And I still stand by it. I think he's going to be all right there. You know, I, I think that... He just needs to do enough to keep to keep teams honest, you know, to keep keep teams defending him and, you know, not taking that shot lightly. And I think that he's got the right the right form and, and a good enough release for that to make that happen. Because like I noted on the last show, like he doesn't not too much of his release happens in the the like below his head. You know, most of most of his gather and his release happens at his head or above. And I think that should make it OK, even if it's not the quickest release ever like like Deuce McBride has for example uh it still is you know it's high enough up and he's tall enough that outside of like a center closing on him very quickly i i can't really see that being a huge issue as far as him being able to get that shot off but yeah it's 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 been really cool i mean i i love the playmaking from him now that you say that he he came out of high school as a point guard it suddenly makes a little more sense I, I'll, like, I'll throw out real quickly i looked it up they have most of this as a combo guard but in, in my mind in my mind i saw point guard but yeah well either of, way yeah, I mean, some of that to his game anyways yeah even with combo guard you know I, I i think of him more like a forward you know what i mean like a wing uh so to hear that he was he was classified more like that is interesting and it, it makes me think that there definitely is is more to his playmaking. And I think that it was just kind of a matter of he wanted to get the shot right first in those first few games. And when it wasn't coming along, that was pretty much all he was trying to do was just get the shot right. But once that shot came around, it seems like he and, you know, the coaching staff for the for the Knicks Summer League said, OK, go for it. You can handle the ball some more. Like he was bringing the ball up the floor a number of times and it seemed by design, like quickly would be right there and they would inbound it to Grimes anyway and quickly would just kind of go down and start getting in position because it seemed like that was a look they really wanted to get out there. So I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really uh, intrigued and hopeful about what's, what's going on with him uh, going forward here. It actually, it uh, started, you know, I was getting so excited. I started perspiring a little bit, Gavin, um, but I, I don't like perspiring that much so do you have any suggestions for something that i could potentially use to not get you know all heated when quentin grimes starts heating up on the basketball court oh wow alex you know um i i've I've had similar issues in the past so there's 
there is one place that I go to uh, when when I'm dealing with uh, w- with a little excess sweat, and that is our guys at Sweatblock. Hey guys, there are a few things in life that aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's sort of embarrassing, right? Some of you may know that I personally have dealt with this, probably only from the last time I mentioned it when reading this ad, um, which was yesterday, but I, I've definitely had issues with this in the past. Um, I remember in college all the time when I would go out to do broadcasts, I, I went to school in Arizona and, and sometimes um, I, would, I would call things such as tennis matches and they would be outside and I would, it would be 105 degrees. I would be in a shirt and a tie because that, that is what you wear when you're on camera. And I would be, my, my, my pits would just be soaked. And there wasn't really a whole lot I could do about it. I could throw on as much deodorant as I want in the world. But inevitably, it was, it was too hot. The shirt I was wearing was too heavy. I was too nervous about the broadcast. It was going to happen. This isn't life and death. There are worse problems in the world. But let's be honest. In the moment, it sort of feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out um, during a big broadcast, an important speech, interview, first date, whatever. Um, and that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime, go to bed. The next morning you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but I literally only have to use Sweatblock once or twice a week and it keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. This episode is also brought to you by Indeed. If you get a job from Indeed, maybe you want to use Sweatblock on that interview. But, anyways, general managers ask questions to find the right players. Like, do they have ice in their veins? That's it's true for a lot of Knicks. A lot of different Knicks have ice in their veins. When you're hiring, you can Indeed. You excuse me. When you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all your hiring in one place, even interview. Don't just hope for your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 billion businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit. Wow, that's a lot. To upgrade your job, post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's right, a $75 job credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Alex, we are back on Locked on Knicks. Uh, We covered Quentin Grimes. Let's get into uh, his his backcourt mate, Miles McBride, a spectacular finish to summer league for him where he absolutely tortured Sharif Cooper in this one. Cooper in 20 minutes, three for 11 from the field, six points, three turnovers, just two assists. And and look, McBride had some help. I I think our guy Stacy said this on Twitter and I very much agreed with it. It felt a little like Tony Kukoc at the at the 92 uh, Barcelona Olympics with with Jordan Scotty chasing around it seemed like the Knicks had read uh, what what I and, and a lot of other people put out that 
we really wanted Sharif Cooper in the draft and said, no, you don't. You're, you're going to be very happy with, with Quentin Grimes and Miles McBride. And, and, and they're not wrong. I, I am. A complete lockdown effort. And McBride had the audacity to also go off for 19 points in 27 minutes. Another spectacular night in terms of efficiency. 7 of 10 from the field. 5 for 8 from 3 for him. The, the pull-up shot continues to look extremely smooth. We, we're, we're seeing all the athleticism around the basket, too, which was uh, not necessarily a question with him, but it was it was could he translate his defensive athleticism into finishing? He had this beautiful backdoor cut um, where Cooper got completely lost and then it absolutely rocked the rim with a one-handed slam uh, to finish the first half. And just another game where he, he couldn't have looked more comfortable running point, pulling up. It, it felt similar, Alex, to what we were saying about IQ um, early in Summer League. And that was th- this level seems a little bit below how good he is. And when, when you're saying that about a rookie, that, that's usually a very, very good sign. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I loved what he did with Sharif. And I agree. They, they definitely, it was a team effort, mostly between him and Grimes, to just <laughs> destroy Sharif. Now, to be fair, Sharif seemed a little out of sorts, and I don't think it was just the defense. Like, I don't know if if <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate to say because I don't think he's 21 years old, but he kind of seemed hungover to me. Uh, like, he was on the bench in the second half, and like, it almost had like his head between his knees for a minute, and uh, then eventually saw himself back to the locker room and never came back out. And I was thinking to myself, like, eh, eh, he looks like. You know, they're saying the whole first half how he he looked a little step slow and, and, you know, didn't seem to be himself and whatever. And I was like, yeah, I I guess I could sort of see that. And once he, like, saw himself out there in the second half, I was like, yeah, I think Channing Fry, who, by the way, Channing Fry, I thought was hilarious uh, on this this broadcast. He sound he's got like voice wise, he sounds kind of like Greg Anthony. Like, I actually got real confused for a little bit because I kind of thought at first it was Greg Anthony. But then I was like. Sounds like if Greg Anthony took an edible and was just like really, really like out there, just saying every single thing that came to his mind, then realized it was Channing Fry. And it, he was he was really funny. I don't know. Gavin, before I move forward with Deuce, how did you like Channing Fry and the whole Channing Fry experience? You know, I, I, I saw you I saw you tweet about it and I, I saw some of the responses and I was I was weirdly in the middle because I I, I generally really, really like Channing Fry. I listen I, I not not as much recently, but during the Cavs heyday, I used to listen to the Road Trippin' Pod a lot, which was uh, him and uh, Richard Jefferson, uh, which is very very good. And I, I find I find him a compelling figure. Played for my two favorite teams, obviously, in the Knicks and the Suns. Um, from a from a play by play guy's perspective, I I felt like there could have been a little bit more real analysis there. Um, or in deeper analysis, because he's a guy who knows basketball extremely well and is really articulate, and, and you and you want to you want to you want some amount of focus on the game. So I think I think there could have been a little bit more of that. And there were like times where I felt he like he fell back on just being like, "Ooh, what a move, hot stuff." When he, when he could have like I don't know, like he, he's like he is a guy who can go a lot deeper. So I if I were if I were producing the broadcast, I would have asked for a little bit more of that from Channing. But I can tell you as as a broadcaster. All I want from from my analyst is is for him to be funny and down to joke and, and down to make it enjoyable because it ultimately is entertainment. So uh, overall, positive on on Channing Fry, 
with some caveats. I think he can keep getting better, but I think he, I think he could eventually be a great color guy, and that's that's so preferable to like the the super generic like uh, I don't know the Chris Webbers of the world. Like he he, he definitely has something unique there. Yeah, yeah, I, I was in agreement. Like I think that uh, not to make this a Channing Fry segment, but I thought that he I thought that he definitely offered a lot in the way of like you said being being entertaining. Like he wasn't. He wasn't stiff at all. And I do agree he needs some self-editing and stuff. But I, this had to have been, I mean, this week or whatever has to have been like one of his first times doing color commentary because I can't remember ever seeing him in that role before. I feel like this is kind of his first foray. So as far as first forays go, I mean, the the humor was there in spades. He needs to, I, I agree, he needs to edit a little bit of himself as far as like let the announcer, you know, let the, let the play-by-play guy do his job as far as being like, oh, and you know, McBride with the jam rather than just being like, Ooh, damn, look at that. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was essentially like, it was like, if uh, I think um, Frank Barrett on Twitter responded to me and said this, that it was like, it was like sitting with Channing Fry on a couch, watching the game with him throughout yeah, for it. better or worse. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed his commentary a lot. Anyway, um, it, he had, he, I think he was the one that had kind of noted like, uh, maybe Sharif has a stomach ache, which maybe was like, code for is hungover um <laughs> but at any rate sharif di- didn't totally seem himself um but that doesn't downplay the fact that i mean mcbride really did make his life hell and that was it, I, it was fun to watch again you know it seems like mcbride did that to pretty much anybody that he was on during the summer league uh none more so than those poor lakers guys uh mac mcclung and uh, uh is it austin reeves is that his first name he said, you said he was like your guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, those guys, I think, still got it the worst. But Sharif definitely got a, a dose of deuce in this one. And uh, I, it was it was a pleasure to watch. And I'm really, really excited for Deuce's impact in the NBA now. And I think it's going to be pretty hard for him to get kept out of the rotation. Because, I, I mean, I know that we've talked for a little bit about it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, uh, like a myth that Tibbs only prefers, you know, guards that play crazy defense or whatever. But the fact that McBride offensively does what Tibbs loves, which is just like having a whole bunch of swagger and, you know, not being afraid to find his shot and the ability to create his own shot. The fact that he can do that and play smothering defense, you know, Tibbs will love him on both ends of the ball. I, and I don't see any scenario where he's not out there uh, playing, you know, at least some minutes in like the second quarter and and maybe like the third quarter, you know, during the the early shift changes, just to come in there with the second unit and give a little bit of juice on both ends of the ball and, uh, you know, really kind of push the other team, you know, get them, make the other team uncomfortable, make the other team's second unit uncomfortable with like his full court pressing that doesn't seem to, you know, sap his energy at all. He can, he can full court press the team on defense and then come right back down on offense and cross someone up and get a three pointer. Um, It seems like he's in really, really good shape. And I'm sure that's not going to change during the season. He might hit that rookie wall around the 40 game mark or so like everybody does, but I I think he's going to provide great impact in the NBA. And I I think he's, he's going to find minutes as a rookie, even if Tibbs is notoriously a little stingy. Uh, with giving minutes to rookies. But we got to take our second break here real quick. Uh, I will remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you want to endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning about like the model of your car, the you know various little details when you know what parts you need and you just want to get it and get out of there? But then you know they look it up on their computer. You get the quote, and it's it's a huge number because they're selling you the part that's going to make them the most money. And then they tell you they're not going to have it right away, and you're going to have to come back to the store to pick it up once they get it from their warehouse. This, that, and the other. Huge mess. Not a lot of fun. Cost you a ton of money. You probably should just go to a mechanic rather than going to a, a chain auto parts store like that. And that's where rockauto.com comes in. It's all right in your pocket, so you don't have to make a trip to a store. You can save time and money. You wouldn't want to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts if you could get them for the low prices that Rock Auto is offering. Plus, they deliver it right to your door, not making you make multiple trips out to a brick-and-mortar store. And it's a family-run business that's been doing this for over 20 years. So they're going to help you find the part that you need at the best price and not charge you any more than they would charge anyone else, unlike those brick-and-mortar stores that give better rates to mechanics than they do to home mechanics like yourself. So if you want to check out what's available for your car or truck, go to rockauto.com right now, see the selection, and if you decide to pick something up, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There really is something for everyone. And if you talk to Built Bar fans, you know that they're passionate about their favorites. If you listen to this podcast regularly, I probably don't even have to say them, but I'm going to say it anyway. I love the coconut and cookies and cream flavors out of the regular stable of 10 flavors that Built Bar carries. They're my absolute favorite. Uh, coconut reminds me of like a Mounds bar. Cookies and cream is like if you took a Hershey's cookies and cream bar, but made it chewy and coated it with chocolate. Just so delicious. They all taste just like candy bars, but they're not going to give you all that fat and sugar and crap like regular candy bars give you, or even like some of those other protein bars give you. You'll get 17 to 18 grams of protein per built bar and calories only ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. Can't do any better than that on the market as far as pure amount of protein mixed with not a lot of calories, not a lot of carbs and sugar and tasting just like a candy bar. It's like a, like a chewy, tasty nougat delight. It tastes fantastic. So if you want to get some for yourself, Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, Gavin, I think it's time to maybe offer our final takeaways uh, on this game before getting into the the other news that came out today. The Kemba Walker signing is official. Evan Fournier signing is official, and it was a sign and trade. Uh, Taj Gibson's contract number came out today. It seems like the Knicks are kind of putting the final stamp on all their moves for the off season here and uh, finishing everything up cap wise and all that. And, uh, but I, I want to just throw it out there. One thing from this game that really stood out to me, uh, he had a horrific shooting game, uh, three of 18 from the floor, three of 14 from three, this is Emmanuel quickly, but he had easily his best pass of the entire summer league. In my opinion, he, he and Grimes were running in transition. Grimes kind of got ahead of the field a little bit, but barely. It was it was a really tight window. 
quickly had to fit this in amongst like two, maybe three players through just this gorgeous one-arm skip pass in between uh, like two or three Hawks defenders to find Grimes like a couple feet away from the hoop. He got an easy layup. It was probably, like I said, I think it's probably the best pass I've seen quickly thrown in his career at this point. And maybe he felt a little emboldened to throw it because the Knicks were, I think, up by a good amount at the time. But I, I don't care what the reasoning was. That was an amazing pass. Probably like the last uh, signature moment for me for quickly in this all in all very impressive summer league for him where he, uh, you know, the scoring came in fits and spurts, but to average, I think he averaged seven, seven and a half assists per game, something like that uh, to do that and and really show out as a point guard. This is a, a good ending point for him to do that with seven assists in this final game in 30 minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I genuinely wasn't sure which pass you were going to bring up, whether that one or, or the Hail Mary one that he threw to Grimes. Yeah, that, that was another great one. That's yeah. one of the best lead, like the, the ball placement is just, it, it really, it's like Tom Brady-esque, like where, where, where he landed it. Um, it was just insane. Like it, it was probably, it, it's like the quintessential thing on, on a football broadcast where you, where you hear an analyst say that was the only spot he could put the ball. It, it was the only spot where he could put the ball where Grimes was going to catch it and be able to lay it in all in one motion picture perfect and, and just on the on the simpler end with IQ I, I love the um the little like against the grain over his head cross court hook passes he was throwing he had two of them in this game and we've seen them a lot from him in summer league and it, it's a pass that you really need to be able to make in the Knicks offense because w- when you when you have a really high level roller and for the Knicks I mean they're, they're they're full of those guys right now it could be Obi it could be Mitch it could be Nerlens heck maybe at some point this year it'll be Jericho Sims you're going to have that that vertical gravity speeding towards the basket, sucking in a defense. And, and the best way to leverage that as a point guard is if you're going the other way and, and putting the defense in a bind, saying the defense is getting sucked middle and they're getting sucked towards the right side of the point, uh, right side of the court, excuse me, where your guard is going. Then the ability to chuck it over your head, uh, full momentum, fully on point, and hit a shooter in his pocket on the opposite wing for a three. That, that just puts so much stress on a defense and, and a lot of people pointed it out the fact that he can make that pass and, and the Knicks now just have all these different guys who could then catch the ball and, and with with the defense at a position whether it's Kemba Walker whether it's Evan Fournier whether it's Alec Burks like we can Derek Rose you can go on and on and on they have guys who can catch it and then make a play with the defense being scrambled it gets me really really excited for Quickly's minutes next year and I think they're just going to be able to put defenses in these incredibly tough binds and almost replicate the effect of having a genuine superstar at, at either at either point guard or on the wing, just because they have so many guys who, if they're not an A plus, they're like in, they're somewhere between a B to an A minus at, at, at those kind of passes. Plus shooting, plus the ability to attack a closeout. They they just have a lot of guys who are good at that skill. So that that really stood out to me with IQ. Uh, very last thing for me, um, I, I thought again it was it was a pretty disappointing game from Obi back to back. Pretty disappointing games from him after the spectacular game he had against the Pistons, which I'm right when we finish this podcast, Alex, I'm going to go watch the highlights of that one because I, I never saw them and I, I need to be cheered up on him a little bit. But again, he's, he's having these plays where he tries to take off from six, seven feet away from the basket and ends up in midair banging into someone's chest and having to throw up like a crazy one-handed layup. Apparently, I was, I, I was, I was seeing him, Ariel was saying something about on Twitter today that apparently that was an issue for RJ in the past too. So clearly... 
something you can improve at because I, I don't think today that's nearly as much of an issue for RJ, but for Obi, it's just like he, he has to take one extra dribble a lot of times. And for, for a lot of players, that's, that's just not a natural thing for whatever reason, especially like if you grew up your whole life and Obi probably in those situations was like, yeah, especially in the Atlantic 10, just able to take off and, and do kind of a double pump and, and finish just a ridiculously athletic layup. In the NBA, defenders are going to get in your way if, if you take off from too far. And it, it's, it takes a lot of work, I think, to, to reprogram your wiring and your hand-eye to take that extra dribble. But something I think he needs to do, and I just thought this was another game where, where outside of that, his decision-making wasn't good. He, he was a little bit sloppy with the ball um, and just, just didn't quite have the touch around the basket. I will say uh, he had a spectacular game in terms of his backdoor cuts, and, and he's someone who... I mean, a lot of times those will end up in dunks, but even when they don't, he's still, he's making that same hard cut every single time. We, we talk about it a lot in transition, but I'm noticing more and more it's a part of his game in the half court as well, where he's able to draw the attention of a defense. And, and in this game, um, it got Grimes a, a wide open three at one point. And, and he's very, very unselfish that way and that he knows it's beneficial to his teammates. So he does it even if he's only going to get the ball one out of 10 times. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I don't know if I have anything more to add on summer league, and I'm I'm a little excited to get into the the quotes and stuff from the the Kemba and Fournier intro presser. So I'm gonna quickly get into a few of these. So Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier were uh, announced as New York Knicks today, and got the whole press conference treatment and the the video tribute and MSG and. All that good stuff. Uh, Kemba obviously stole the spotlight as the returning New York hero and all that stuff. Uh, There are, of course, a number of quotes from him. Uh, It means everything, he said. It's driving everything because I know what kind of player I am. I know what level I want to be at. It's added motivation. Um, He said... uh, (laughs) uh, If he's uh, talking about, you know, playing playing for the Knicks here, he said... Uh, it's perfect timing, really motivated, super excited that these guys have belief in me. That's all I need. I just need somebody to believe in me. These guys do, and I appreciate that. Then got asked if Boston believed in him or not. Uh, and he said, I definitely felt like Boston believed in me before adding, they, but they traded me. But yeah, that's not the case. I don't feel like they didn't believe in me. Um, <laughs> there was Fat Joe was there. Uh, and was a big part of the whole thing for some reason. I mean, I love Fat Joe, so I don't care. Uh, said he's the real deal. He's certified out here. Kemba is like, when they talk about NYC being the mecca of basketball, he's that. Um, that's pretty much it. There was a uh, uh, there was a point where he got asked by our, our favorite, uh, Mark Berman, if he was going to still rest on back-to-backs. Uh, Kemba, that is, not Fat Joe. And... <laughs> Kemba had said, you got to ask him, uh, looking at, at Tibbs in the front row, and Tibbs said he's playing. Uh, so, And everybody laughed. Uh, I guess we'll see how that all plays out throughout the season. I don't think there would be anything wrong with uh, Derek Rose and Kemba Walker maybe alternating on back-to-backs or something, and then maybe that gives you more opportunity to have quickly in there and stuff, but we know that that's not how Tibbs rolls. Luckily, with the talent infusion, the margin for error should be a little better this time around. Um then Evan Fournier, probably the best quote to come out of him was, uh, uh, he said, when I was on the phone with Leon Tibbs and Scott, the first thing that Tibbs told me before the gold medal game was as soon as I wrapped up silver, I had to come to New York so we could talk. 
that was his way of talking a little bit of trash. And unfortunately, that's what happened. But I'm proud of what we accomplished for my country. And the goal is to keep shining for France. And in three years, we host the Olympics in 2024. So we'll see. Uh, so yeah, that that was uh, that was pretty funny. I don't know. I, all in all, the uh, the press conference was about what you would expect. You know, just guys saying, I'm ready to play. I feel really good about myself and this team and blah, blah, blah. We're really talented. We're going to do great. Uh, and I would say the the more important news, I guess, is two deals got announced with uh, more details. So the Fournier deal actually was a sign and trade with the Celtics to create a uh, trade a player exception for them. So they get a $17.1 million exception created from Evan Fournier, uh, which should be the number that the, the Knicks signed him to. And they also, the Knicks got back one pretty heavily protected first round pick and another, or sorry, second round pick, not first round pick, one pretty heavily protected second round pick and another second round pick that had a really confusing level of protection on it. It was like, if it's, it's somehow either the worst of two seconds or the best of two other seconds or something like that. I, I don't know. I have to read through it more, but basically one second that will probably actually convey another one that probably won't, uh, but exists as an asset for the Knicks to just throw into more deals uh, down the line. And then, uh, Taj Gibson had his contract announced. It is apparently a two-year deal. We'll wait to hear on the uh, terms of that. If it's like a team option on the second year, uh, conventional wisdom would say it is based off all the other deals the Knicks have handed out recently. Uh, And it's for a little over $5 million. So he got the room exception uh, from the Knicks to come back and be uh, Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel's backup and Jericho Sims's mentor rather than the veterans minimum. So the Knicks treating Taj Gibson, right? Gavin, that was a lot of info dumped there. Do you have any thoughts uh, on Kemba Fournier press conference day about any of that stuff I was just talking about? Um, I mean, I don't just that. I mean, Kemba, I, we already knew this, but just strikes me as a, as a really, really good dude. Um, I, I they, he had, it was kind of given to him on a platter to rip Brad Stevens and the Celtics if you want to. And he was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. They're, they're all good. It's just, just kind of how business works in the NBA. And I'm, I'm just excited for that guy to be the face of the franchise. And I really, I, I do think it, it's kind of corny to say, but I, I do think there's sort of an exponential effect to piling up good character guys and between Julius and, and RJ um, and, and Deuce and IQ and Obi and I mean, really pretty much everyone on this team, it feels like the Knicks have, have really done that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that's the kind of thing that pays off over, over the course of a season, especially when you have a team as deep as the Knicks suddenly are, because not everyone is going to always be getting ideal amounts of playing time. I saw our, our guy, a uh, Knicks drafter, we just had on a couple of weeks ago, put out um, what, what he thought the minutes distribution would ultimately look like. And he had, he only had 15 minutes for IQ, only 15 minutes for OB, um, no, no minutes for, for McBride. And I was like, that can't be right. And I was going over and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really have, I don't really, outside of the fact that I, I wish, uh, they would maybe give OB some, a, a little stretch five run. Um, and he, he did have three minutes accounted for with OB. I, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, there's nothing really wrong here. And so it's going to, I think it's going to take that sort of like selflessness and buy-in. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I think I'm, I've come away from these press conferences thinking that's going to kind of be the pervasive attitude throughout 
the team. And I'm hoping that Tibbs sort of sees the light with Kemba and D Rose and, and doesn't push them. I, I thought last year he, for the most part, he did see that with D Rose and didn't overly push him. And, and the fact that Deuce looks NBA ready should give them the flexibility to sit those guys when needed. So I don't know. I'm I'm just I I just feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm in the same boat. I think that I I like the overall attitude of of the team. I like that it's they've they've managed to fill the team with swaggy guys that aren't problem guys. You know what I mean? Like like Kemba definitely has a swagger to him, but he's also as you just mentioned, like he's a class act. Like you know whatever swagger he has is on the court. You know, and, and he, he lays it all out there, you know, he'll cross someone up and, you know, end their life on the court. But then, you know, we'll, we'll be a totally great guy off of it and presumably a really good teammate. It seems like the reviews on him are that he's a really great teammate. You got Evan Fournier, you know, who's uh, not afraid to make a joke that Kevin Durant's hair sucks on Twitter. Um, it, it, we didn't cover this on here, but Fournier the other day, Put out an open solicitation for I need a I need a good barber in New York. Can someone hook me up? And uh, someone made a joke about oh, there's a guy named uh, Kevin that cut you up in Tokyo in Brooklyn. You know maybe you could see him. And uh, Fournier said no, he needs a barber too. Um, so he's not afraid to you know have a little fun, but on court it seems like he's all business as well. Uh, same thing with McBride. I mean he seems like a he's a. I was really surprised actually when he got like the the walk off. Uh, at halftime during the game yesterday, he was just like super, super soft-spoken after just scoring 19 points in the first half. I mean, he's, he did all of his damage in the first half of that last summer league game and yet was just walking off the court like, you know, yeah, I think I played okay. <laughs> you know, I think I could still play better. I think I played all right. Uh, and that's like his mentality after just like decimating the Hawks and ending Sharif's life on the court. Um, so I, I, I do like that all these guys seem to have that mentality and I'm sure they're all going to push each other in a good way, but they all also seem to have a, a good understanding of the fact that, you know, things are going to have to be earned and, uh, you know, things might not necessarily always go their way, you know, uh, as far as playing time and stuff like that, but that eventually things will fall into place. Hopefully everybody's got that, that sort of mentality, because as you said, particularly for the younger guys that we just spent, you know, this last eight to 10 days getting accustomed to them and, and, you know, falling in love with their games and being like, Oh my God, you know, Deuce McBride's amazing. What a steal at pick 36 quickly. And Obi like look like they're way too good for summer league. Like get them back in the NBA already, you know, Quentin Grimes, like figured out his shot. Like he's going to be a problem. He's going to, you know, be so much more than like catch and shoot guy. He can take guys off the dribble, blah, blah, blah. You know, we, we talk and to make no mention of Sims too, who, you know, also looks like a potential, if nothing else, great backup center uh, going down the line here. Uh, you know, if, if for now we're going to have to kind of temper expectations, I think, as far as how much playing time these guys are going to get. And they're going to have to do the same thing after just being featured so much in summer league in like a month and a half's time. They're going to have to show up to training camp and kind of humble themselves. And I, I think the Knicks have a bunch of guys that want to prove that they're good enough to to really be like a force in this league as far as their younger players, but also are respectful of those above them and are going to, you know, be good as far as not, uh, not being problems uh, off the court. You know, it seems, it seems like everybody's pretty cool with whatever, you know, you could say the same thing for quickly and, and top and after last year and how they kind of got jerked around with their minutes and stuff. 
that they never really skipped a beat, never seemed to be upset at all. You know, Obi was nothing but supportive of Randall the entire season, even though like Randall's ascendance essentially, you know, hampered Obi's development. Um, so I, I think they're going to be, I think the whole team is going to work really well together again. I think the Knicks have, to your point, put a premium on not just getting good players, but getting, you know, not to be like a cliche, but like, you know, like players that, that play the right way and, you know, act the right way, like on and off the court and whatever. I, I think there's, there's real seeds being, you know, planted here of culture, the, you know, NBA buzzword of, of, you know, the last 10 years or so, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as the, uh, the things that people always say, like, oh, you're a model organization if you build that culture, you know, whatever. And it's kind of a nebulous word that we can never really nail down, uh, you know, what makes it or whatever. But in this case with the Knicks, I think we finally have a team that has like really, really good culture and really good personalities on it. And I'm really excited to see how everything's going to go this coming year. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's as good of a note as any to wrap this one up on. So stay tuned. We will have much more for you throughout this week and the coming weeks. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for Nick Summer League. Uh, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, officially Knicks. Knicks pick up two second round picks for their troubles. And I mentioned in the tease, but if uh, for everyone listening, um, I'm sure most of you follow us on Twitter, but if you don't, um, Evan Fournier uh, tweeted out that he wants to go on some Knicks pods. So if you can head over to his account, mention Locked on Knicks, we would really, really appreciate it because our, our thousandth episode is coming up and we're, we're debating back and forth who to get as a big guest. Uh, that would be about as big as it gets. So uh, we really appreciate the help. And uh, thanks for listening as always. Until next time, Alex Wolf, Gavin Schill. Peace out and we'll talk to you soon.